This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership, visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. Welcome to Dissect, long-form musical analysis broken into short, digestible episodes. I'm your host, Cole Kushner. Today, we continue our serialized examination of Tapimpa Butterfly by Kendrick Lamar. We're currently at the end of the album's third act, which we've titled Emerging Wings. Over the last four tracks, we followed Kendrick as he battled various metaphoric cocoons of his institutionalized upbringing, his newfound status as rap star, and the prison of his own mind. On All Right, through Solidarity and God, Kendrick went to battle on the vices and inner conflicts that led him to depression and suicidal thoughts. On For Sale, we were privy to Kendrick's subconscious as he battled the seduction of Lucy, the devil incarnate. On Mama, Kendrick worked towards resolution by returning home to Compton, where his choice between picking, quote, destiny or rest in peace laid out the fundamental question the album poses. How will Kendrick use or pimp his success, for good or for evil? Will he run from destiny, give in to Lucy's temptations, and live a selfish life filled with riches, drugs, and sex? Or does he choose destiny, pimp his situation for the betterment of mankind, and become a selfless advocate for the Comptons of the world? It's a question Kendrick wasn't yet ready to answer. On our last episode, Kendrick reverted to an adolescent mentality on hood politics, triggered by insecurities about his authenticity and survival's guilt. Hood politics concluded with the recitation of the narrative poem, with six additional lines revealed. I remember you was conflicted, misusing your influence. Sometimes I did the same, abusing my power full of resentment. Resentment that turned into a deep depression. Found myself screaming in the hotel room. I didn't want to self-destruct. The evils of Lucy was all around me. So I went running for answers until I came home. But that didn't stop survivor's guilt. Going back and forth trying to convince myself the stripes I earned. Or maybe how A1 my foundation was. But while my loved ones was fighting a continuous war back in the city, I was entering a new one.
After returning home to Compton on Mama and Hood politics, Kendrick is entering a new city, Johannesburg, South Africa. It's the setting of the album's next track, the grand turning point of Tapimpa Butterfly, and the subject of today's episode, How Much a Dollar Cost. How much a dollar really costs? The question is detrimental, paralyzed in my thoughts. Parasites in my stomach keep me with a gut feeling, y'all. Gotta see how I'm chilling once I park this luxury car. Hopping out, feeling big as Mutempo. 20 your pump six. A quick preface before we get too far in today's analysis. If you haven't listened to How Much a Dollar Costs in full, I suggest you pause now and take a listen. The song's narrative contains a twist ending of sorts, and I'm going to talk freely about that ending throughout our examination. So consider this your spoiler alert. How Much a Dollar Costs was produced by Love Dragon, a moniker for the collaboration between Terrace Martin and Joseph Leinberg. The song is built around a series of somber, foggy piano chords introduced in the song's opening measures. While no sample or writing credit is given to contemporary jazz group the Isbjorn Svensson Trio and their song Seven Days of Falling, the two tracks bear a striking resemblance. Let's hear the two tracks back to back. First, the introduction of How Much a Dollar Cost. And now an excerpt of Seven Days of Falling. And it would seem that Seven Days of Falling was itself inspired by Pyramid Song by Radiohead, a band the trio has stated on record as being an influence. The introductory chords of How Much a Dollar Costs give way to a slumping drum loop that features a reverberating gunshot-like snare drum sample. Kendrick enters verse 1 introducing a narrative that will unfold over the song's three verses. He tells an apparently true story about his encounter with a homeless man in a gas station in South Africa, a man who reveals himself as God in the final line of the song. Where was that? Johannesburg. Okay. Johannesburg. And, um... I always flirted with the with the idea, just my imagination, you know, rolling past people that were that were uh, that we consider uh, bums or homeless, mm-hmm. and saying to myself, what was what if that was the moment, you know, this is this, this is not a human form, but this is a mortal form form of of an angel, mm-hmm. testing your integrity to actually stop, not just give money, but talk to him. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. And this was one particular situation where I came across this uh, as, as, as evidence again being out there. I'm looking at this guy on the side, you know, we stop, we, we're getting gas or whatever, and I'm just ignoring him because from where I come from, He's just panhandlers. Yeah, you, know? you don't engage. Yeah, I don't engage. I know what you're gonna do with the money. You're gonna smoke it off. You're gonna get some crack or whatever. Even if, even if how much you tell me that you want to do this, when I know what you're gonna do, so I'm not gonna engage in it. But 
the moment I actually engaged him with him, he said, God bless you. You hmm. know, this is your calling. And it blew my mind. Like really tripped me out. Making me think these are moments in my life deeper than just handing somebody a dollar. Mm -hmm. These are actually moments of integrity, being able to actually talk to somebody. Me talking to him was simply a thank you right. from God, you know what I'm saying? Right. And I felt God speaking through him right. to get at me, you know? And, and it, it was really a real trip. And I tend to always bottle these ideas in because I want to share them with the world. And that's how you get a record, like how much a dollar costs. Okay. Verse 1 begins with a brief thematic prelude and the opening of the narrative. How much a dollar really costs? The question is detrimental, paralyzed in my thoughts, parasites in my stomach, keep me with a gut feeling, y'all. Gotta see how I'm chilling once I park this luxury car. Hopping out, feeling big as Mutumbo. 20 your pump six, Tony Marcellus called me Dumbo. 20 years ago, came for gift. Now I can lend them my era too. How to stack these residuals tenfold. The liberal concept that men do. 2006, it didn't hear me. Indigenous African only spoke Zulu. My American tongue was leery. Walked out the gas station, a Kendrick begins, quote, how much a dollar really cost? The question is detrimental, paralyzing my thoughts. Kendrick is contemplating the true value of money. Obtaining wealth comes at the cost of what? Your integrity, your heart, your soul? The question is plaguing Kendrick, as expressed in the next line, parasites in my stomach keep me with a gut feeling. As you know, Kendrick's been plagued by Uncle Sam and Lucy, both representative of wealth and temptation and it's left him sick in the stomach. These opening lines are the story's prelude and sets up the thematic punchline that will come at the conclusion of verse three. The narrative begins as the verse continues. Kendrick says, gotta see how I'm chillin' once I park this luxury car, hopping out feeling as big as Mutumbo, 20 on pump six. Kendrick is pulled up to a gas station in a luxury car, saying he's feeling big as Mutumbo, as in Dikembe Mutumbo, the famous basketball center from Africa, Kendrick is referring to his inflated ego. The verse continues, Dirty Marcellus called me Dumbo 20 years ago, can't forget. Now I can lend them all my ear or two, how to stack these residuals tenfold. It appears Kendrick is recalling someone from his childhood calling him Dumbo for having large ears. The memory still bothers him and triggers a look-at-me-now type defense mechanism, leading Kendrick to showboat his wealth and state that he could teach the world how to get rich or, quote, stack these residuals tenfold. Next, Kendrick says, the liberal concept of what men will do. Kendrick is referencing classical liberal economic theory, which emphasizes the social and economic benefits that occur when individuals pursue their own self-interests. Kendrick is exemplifying himself as a product of liberal economics, as he's narrow-mindedly pursued wealth for individualistic, self-centered returns. The details of the story unfold as the verse continues. Walked out the gas station, a homeless man with a semi tan complexion, asked me what tin ran, stressing about dry land, deep water, powder blue skies that crack open, a piece of crack that he wanted. I knew he was smoking, he begged and pleaded, asked me to feed him twice, I didn't believe it, told him beat it, contributed money just for his pipe, I couldn't see it. He said, My son, temptation. Kendrick says, 20 on 6, he didn't hear me. Indigenous African only spoke Zulu. My American tongue was slurry. Kendrick is in Africa trying to purchase gas from a native who only speaks Zulu, one of the official languages of South Africa. As Kendrick walks out the gas station, he meets a homeless man 
He describes him as having semi-tan complexion and stressing about dry land, deep water, powder blue skies that crack open. Of course, this sounds a lot like biblical syntax, and semi-tan complexion describes the olive skin color of Jesus, a Middle Eastern Hebraic Jew. The man asks Kendrick for 10 rand. Rand is the currency in South Africa, and 10 rand is equivalent to about 1 US dollar. Kendrick refuses the man's request. He assumes his rambling is drug-induced, that he's a crack addict like so many panhandlers in his hometown of Compton. Verse 1 concludes with some telling details about our homeless character. I couldn't see it. He said, my son, temptation is one thing that I've defeated. Listen to me, I want a single bill from you. Nothing less, nothing more. I told him I didn't have it, then closed my door. Tell me how much a dollar cost. Kendrick says, quote, He said, my son, temptation is one thing that I've defeated. This line is likely referencing the biblical passage Matthew 4, 1 through 11, in which Jesus is led into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. He takes Jesus to a very high mountain to show him the kingdoms of the world, and the devil tells Jesus that they can all be his if only Jesus bows down and worships him. Jesus refuses, saying, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. The devil leaves and Jesus is tended to by angels. Booyah. The homeless man continues to talk to Kendrick, saying, Listen to me, I want a single bill from you, nothing less, nothing more. Knowing the identity of the homeless man, we know his asking for the dollar is merely a test of Kendrick's generosity and spirit. Despite having pulled up in a luxury car and referencing his skill to stacking residuals, Kendrick refuses a man a dollar, saying, I told him I ain't have it and closed my door. Tell me how much a dollar cost. The song's hook follows, a brief passage sung by James Fauntleroy, a Grammy-winning singer, songwriter, and producer. Fauntleroy sings, It's more to free your mind. Water, sun, and love. The one you love, all you need, the air you breathe. With its message of simplicity, love, and nourishment from the natural elements, as well as the angelic timbre with which it's sung, we can assume this passage is a voice from a higher power, a message from God. It seems to suggest that Kendrick's life is unnecessarily complicated, which causes the depression and anxiety he feels, and stresses a return to the gifts he's created for him water, sun, air, and love. In verse 2, the homeless man's stare keeps Kendrick from driving away. As he continues to stare, it makes Kendrick feel insecure and triggers defense mechanisms that express themselves in anger and frustration. He's staring at me in disbelief. My temper is building. He's staring at me. I grab my key. He's staring at me. I started the car. Then I tried to leave. But something told me to keep it in park until I could see the reason why he was mad at a stranger. Like I was supposed to save him. Like I'm the reason he homeless and asking me for a favor. He's staring at me. His eyes follow me with no laser. He's staring at me. I noticed that his stare was contagious. Cause now I'm staring back at him. Feeling some type of disrespect. If I could throw a bat at him, he'd be aiming at his neck. I never understood someone begging for goods. Asking for a hand, I was taking it if they could. And this particular person just had it down back, staring at me for the longest until he finally asked, Have you ever opened up Exodus 14? A humble man is all that we ever need. Tell me how much a dollar cost. After the two stare at each other for some time, the homeless man says to Kendrick, 
Have you ever opened up Exodus 14? A humble man is all that we ever need. Tell me how much a dollar cost. Exodus 14 tells the famous biblical story of Moses. Chosen and guided by God, Moses parted the Red Sea to lead the Israelites to safety from their oppressive king that used them like slaves. Here, we can circle back to the beginning of verse 1, in which Kendrick stated the homeless man was stressing about dry land, deep water, and powder blue skies that crack open. It's clear now these descriptions were foreshadowing the story of Exodus 14, and perhaps a direct reference to Exodus 14.29. But the children of Israel walked upon dry land in the midst of the sea, and the waters were a wall unto them on the right hand and on the left. The homeless man also says, A humble man is all that we ever need. This is again a reference to Moses, an old modest man who seemed an odd choice to save the Israelites. In Numbers 12.3, it states, quote, Now the man Moses was very humble, more than any man that was on the face of the earth. But despite his humility, or perhaps because of it, Moses was chosen and trusted by God to save a great number of oppressed people. It would seem the homeless man is trying to draw a parallel between Moses and the potential of Kendrick's situation. Having made it out the streets, Kendrick is viewed as a leader of his Compton community, many of whom are imprisoned by their environment. The homeless man implies that humility is needed in order for Kendrick to reach his full potential and save his community. After a repetition of the song's hook, verse 3 begins with Kendrick continuing to feel flustered by the man's presence. Keep tripping and feeling resentment. I never met a transient that demanded attention. They got me frustrated, indecisive, and power tripping. Sour emotions got me looking at the universe different. I should distance myself. I should keep it relentless. My selfishness is what got me here. Who the fuck I'm kidding? So I'ma tell you like I told the last bum. Crumbs and pennies, I need all of mine. And I recognize this type of panhandling all the time. I got better judgment. I know when niggas hustling. Keep in mind, when I was struggling, I did compromise. Now I comprehend. I smell grandpa's soul medicine reeking from your skin. Moonshine and gin. Nigga, you're babbling, your words ain't flattering I'm imagining Denzel, be looking at old Neil Cause I'm in sad thrills, your gimmick is mediocre The jig is up, I seen you from a mile away, losing focus The verse begins with Kendrick questioning why he's so affected by this homeless man But rather than address it, he doubles down on his angst-ridden defenses And continues to justify his selfishness He says, I should keep it relentless My selfishness is what got me here, who the fuck I'm kidding so I'ma tell you like I told the last bum, crumbs and pennies I need all of mines. Kendrick then paints the homeless man as a typical panhandler, a drunk or drug addict that's looking for their next fix. Kendrick claims to see right through the man's scheme, comparing his bad acting skills to Shaquille O'Neal's with the lines, I'm imagining Denzel but looking at O'Neal. Gazam is a sad thrill, your gimmick is mediocre, the jig is up. The verse concludes with the song's grand reveal as the homeless man explains to Kendrick his true identity and the true value of the dollar he was seeking. To increase the tension and add to the climactic resolution, strings enter near the end of the verse and hold a single note until dissolving upon the grand reveal. Kendrick says, and I'm insensitive, and I lack empathy, 
He looked at me and said, your potential is bittersweet. I looked at him and said, every nickel is mine's to keep. Frustrated, Kendrick is unwilling to concede his selfishness, which we know is a defense mechanism for his insecurities. The homeless man calls Kendrick's potential bittersweet because of his lyrical gifts and platform are negated by his greed and lack of empathy. Kendrick continues with the line, he looked at me and said, know the truth, it'll set you free. This is a direct quote from John 8.32, in which Jesus spoke to the Jews of Pharisees in a temple on the Mount of Olives. He revealed to them his true identity, the Son of God. He proclaims himself the light of the world, and those that follow him will no longer walk in darkness and be granted eternal life. And those that do not believe he was God will die in their sins. Of course, Kendrick uses this biblical quote strategically, as it's followed by the lines, You're looking at the Messiah, the Son of Jehovah, the higher power, the choir that spoke the word, the Holy Spirit, the nerve of Nazareth. These are all aliases of God. Kendrick listing them adds to the dramatic impact of the verse's conclusion. Kendrick reveals both the identity of the homeless man, as well as the value of the dollar, the question Kendrick asked multiple times throughout the song. He says, and I'll tell you just how much a dollar cost. The price of having a spot in heaven, embrace your loss. I am God. To Kendrick and his wealth, the value of a dollar is very little, yet to a homeless man it's much more. Kendrick's lack of generosity cost him his spot in heaven, as it exemplifies his selfishness and unwillingness to help his neighbor, his fellow man. God has granted Kendrick with a rare gift of musicianship and lyricism, with which he's found great success yet he's reluctant to reciprocate those gifts to others for the betterment of mankind. We can then view Kendrick's story on how much a dollar costs as a parable, one that mirrors yet again another biblical story. Matthew 25 contains a parable commonly referred to as the sheep and the goats. Upon God's return to set up his kingdom, all those on earth will be brought forth to him and separated, quote, as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. The sheep on the right will be blessed and given eternal life in heaven. The goats on the right will be cursed to eternal hellfire. Those on the right are cast there because of their selfishness. Scripture says, quote, I was hungry and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. They will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry and did not help you? He will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. Then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. Of course, this all sounds very familiar to the story told on how much a dollar cost. Kendrick's spot in heaven has been taken away due to his selfishness and unwillingness to share the gifts God has given to him. The grand reveal of verse 3 is followed by a very important concluding passage. It's sung by Ronald Isley of the Isley Brothers fame, the importance of which we'll discuss on our examination of the song I. I am God. I wash my hands, I said my grace, what more do you want from me? Tears of a cloud, yes I'm not all what it's meant to be. Shades of gray will never change if I condone. Turn this page, help me change to right my wrong. In this passage, Kendrick is speaking directly to God. He says, I wash my hands, I said my grace, what more do you want from me? 
I believe this expresses a sentiment of half-hearted religiousness, a kind of bare-minimum Christianity, going to church on holidays, saying grace at a big meal, and praying to God when they need something. But when confronted by someone in need directly in their daily life, as Kendrick was at the gas station, they perhaps don't always act Christ-like. Kendrick repents his flaws with the next line, Tears of a Clown, I guess I'm not all what is meant to be. Tears of a Clown is an expression used when describing someone who hides their sadness behind a smile. As we've seen, Kendrick the Entertainer is plagued by depression and remorse, though many would never know due to his success and onstage persona. By saying, I'm not all what is meant to be, he admits to skirting his destiny and not living up to his full potential as a human being. The passage concludes with the lines that will act as the album's main axis point, the shift that will set Kendrick on the right path. He states, Shades of gray will never change if I condone. Turn this page, help me change to right my wrongs. Kendrick's been humbled and sincerely asked for God's help and atonement. This passage acts as a turning page in Kendrick's life. Guided by God, Kendrick will now continue the album with a much different, more humbled and generous perspective. Conclusions The importance of how much a dollar costs to the album's narrative cannot be overstated. In fact, before it was to Pippa Butterfly, How Much a Dollar Costs was the original working title of the album. Let's briefly recap to Pimpa Butterfly's narrative arc thus far. In Act 1, which we've titled Pimp by Consumption and comprised of Wesley's theory for freeing King Kunta, a young, self-centered Kendrick lusted after and obtained wealth, fame, and influence, the American dream. In Act 2, titled Cocooned, and comprised of Institutionalized, These Walls, and You, Kendrick displayed all the ways in which he was mentally and emotionally confined by systematic racism, survival's guilt, depression, and his own selfishness. In Act 3, titled Emerging Wings, and comprised of All Right, For Sale, Mama, Hood Politics, and Now How Much a Dollar Cost, Kendrick attempts to find resolution to the turmoil laid out on Act 2. We witness Kendrick at a crossroads, left with a metaphoric choice between good versus evil, God versus Lucy, selflessness versus selfishness. How Much a Dollar Cost represents Kendrick's decision. He chooses God, a choice that will set him on a new path and solidify his purpose, to advocate for the Comptons of the world, to leverage his success and experiences for the betterment of his people, a spokesman and leader for the disenfranchised. In other words, the caterpillar has emerged from his cocoon. No longer pimped by Uncle Sam, no longer tempted by Lucy, Kendrick will take hold of his destiny, embrace his leadership role, and become the butterfly that his community looks to for guidance and light. This resolution is strikingly similar to the resolution on Kendrick's previous album, Good Kid, Mad City, in which Kendrick renounces sins by reciting the sinner's prayer in the parking lot of a food for less. Do you want to receive God as your personal Savior? Okay, repeat after me. Lord God, I come to you a sinner. Lord God, I come to you a sinner. And I humbly repent for my sin. And I humbly repent for my sins. I believe that Jesus is Lord. I believe that Jesus is Lord. I believe you raised him from the dead. I believe you raised him from the dead. I would ask that Jesus come into my life. I would ask that Jesus come into my life. And be my Lord and Savior. And be my Lord and Savior. I receive Jesus to take control of my life. 
I receive Jesus to take control of my life. And that I might live for him from this day forward. And that I may live for him from this day forward. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving me. Good Kid was a coming-of-age story for a boy attempting to navigate the streets of Compton. He found resolution through God and music. After garnering success through music, Kendrick was thrust into a new world outside of Compton, and his journey began anew. Blinded by fame and its temptations, Kendrick was unable to see the resolution he sought was there all along. In October of 2013, Kendrick was formally baptized. When comparing his baptism to his encounter with the old woman in the Food for Less parking lot a decade earlier, Kendrick said he, quote, wanted to take it to the next level, being underwater. I felt like it was something I had to do. In the same interview, Kendrick notes that he's the closest thing to a preacher for a lot of kids in Compton. How much a dollar cost, in terms of the narrative function on Tapimpa Butterfly, represents Kendrick's acceptance of this role and a recommitment to the teachings of Christ. And while Kendrick's spot in heaven was the answer to the question of how much a dollar cost, we can also interpret this question in another way. It asks, how much does the pursuit of the dollar cost the individual seeking it? In other words, what price does our spirit, our soul pay in our pursuit of wealth and success, the American dream? Does it inherently breed selfishness, individualism, and self-loathing? Does our society truly benefit from this mentality? Or does it keep us a nation divided, all independently chasing a dollar while ignoring the needs of our neighbors? How much a dollar cost to you? The reason why every we on earth today, you, me, him, her, all these different uh, walks of life, it's all a test. It's like it's almost like an experiment, God's experiment. When are we gonna understand that we are put on earth to love? That's all it's about. Everybody wanna figure out how complicated life is and, and break it down. This is what I truly think. I I really think that it's gonna keep going on. War gonna keep going on, frustration gonna keep going on, anger gonna keep going on, till we finally go back down to the simplest word, love. And when God sees that, then we have the answer. How much a dollar cost ends without a recitation of the narrative poem. Rather, it leads directly into the album's next track, the opening of Act 4, and the beginning of Kendrick's new enlightened path. The song is called Complexion, a Zulu love, a track we'll thoroughly examine next time on Dissect. Dissect is written and produced by me. If you enjoy what you hear, consider rating Dissect on iTunes. There's no team behind this podcast. It's just me, and ratings help a lot. Remember, you can submit your suggestion for the subject of Season 2 of Dissect by visiting DissectPodcast.com. Follow us at Dissect Podcast on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and view exclusive episode notes at CityScoutMag.com. Theme music by Bureaucratic. For more, visit Bureaucratic.BandCamp.com. If you're still listening, I'd like to quickly share with you a personal story. The morning after I completed this episode for how much a dollar cost, I left for work like I do every morning. 
Though the sun was out, it was cold enough to see your breath. I was walking towards my building when a middle-aged African-American woman approached me. She wore a beanie, sweatshirt, and heavy jacket. Behind her was a man rolling up a sleeping bag near a dumpster. Clearly, they had just spent the night there. The woman was well-spoken. She told me she was in the service for 14 years, but didn't qualify for military aid. She showed me some papers. She was seeking $19.47 so the two could stay in a hostel that night and escape the cold. She asked if I could help. Having lived in how much a dollar cost the entire week, I'd be lying if I said Kendrick's message wasn't running through my head. I didn't have any money on me. Typically, this excuse would be enough for me to decline her and not feel too bad about it. I told the woman I'd be back in 10 minutes. I don't think she believed me. When I returned, I gave the woman $20. The bill was brand new, crisp, pure, no folds, no wrinkles. For whatever reason, that stuck out to me. The woman looked me in the eye. She took my hand. It was coarse but warm. She said, thank you, God bless you. Then she gave me a hug. I'm not a person that typically hugs my family, let alone a stranger. I walked away moved, tears swelling in my eyes. I'm not entirely sure why I chose to share this, but something told me I should. Perhaps because it's a moment in my life that likely wouldn't have happened without this album. And if nothing else, it was money well spent.